you covet and cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. You do not have because you do not ask. Hmm. You do not have because you do not ask. Huh. I like that. Okay, I just have to ask God, okay? Okay. You know that my heart's desire has been to visit Italy. Oh, Lord, it's where my family is from. <clears throat> Scenery is gorgeous. The food, oh, oh. And Lord, all of my friends who have been there say it is a must-see destination. Oh, please, oh, please, oh, please, oh, please, God, get me to Italy. Oh. Ah. Oh. Hi, Mary. How nice to hear from you. <laughs> yeah, 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 mm -hmm. yeah, I heard. <laughs> Yeah, you just got back from Italy yesterday, huh? <laughs> yeah? Yeah. Mm. Well, isn't it nice that your parents could foot the bill for your family to make that kind of a trip? Yeah? Mm. <sighs> yeah. What? You went where? You went to the restaurant I told you about? Uh-huh, yeah, so what did you order? Uh-huh, the meal that I told you about. Was it any good? Oh, the best meal you've ever had. Isn't that just special? <sighs> yeah, mm-hmm, okay. Ah, uh, yeah, what else, what else? Well, yeah. Yes, I know, you're married to a great guy. Bill's a great guy, yeah, Bill, 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 Bill. <laughs> He did what? Oh, no. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. He arranged for a personal shopper to take you on a shopping spree? Oh, ooh, la, la, aren't you just fancy-dancy? Uh-huh. Well, all I can say is you're the girl that was complaining about the 10-cent increase in gasoline prices before you left, and then you go to Italy and you spend money like there's no end to it. Okay, yeah, 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 I know it was your parents' money. All right, I get that, I get that. I still say it is very difficult to justify that kind of spending. It's frivolous. It's, you know, it's even irresponsible, if you ask me. Yeah. Oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. I gotta get back, I gotta get back with you. Oh gosh, okay, talk to you later, bye-bye. Kate, what, what, what? Okay. I'm so sorry. Wait, no, 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 sorry is not cutting it anymore. Kate, you were hired to eliminate messes, not create messes. Do you remember last month? when I came home and I found all those cobwebs in the pantry. Yes. And then before that, you left the trash in the bathroom for me to carry out. All right, I think this is the final straw. I, I'm saying right now, 
your services will no longer be needed. I think it'd be even better for you if you found a job maybe more to your level because it's obvious you cannot clean a house of this caliber. No, I think that uh, today's the last day. You're fired. And I don't expect to get any charges for today. Of course not, ma'am. I'm sorry. Yeah, you may leave now. Oh, <laughs> again, I've got to find another person again. Oh, golly. Knock, knock. Oh, Sue, 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 oh gosh. Hello. <laughs> I just passed Kate, she oh. looked upset. Oh, what she's happened? an incompetent klutz. Come and sit down. Oh, honey. So what's going on? I can't stay long, but I wanted to see how you were doing. Well, I've been better, that's for sure. <laughs> oh. Well, guess who just called me? Who? Mary. What'd she have to say? Well, Mary just got back from Italy. Yeah. A trip to Italy. Wow. A trip paid for by her mommy that and daddy. That must have been amazing. Oh. She's been what? Saving for that trip for what, 20 years? Oh, I don't care. That was my trip. Yeah, I know. I'm the one who told her about the restaurant. And you're not going to believe what Bill did. What? He... <laughs> paid for a personal shopper to take her on a shopping spree. Can you believe that? Can oh, you believe? Oh, my word. That must have been amazing. Amazing? I've never been on a shopping spree, let alone in Italy. Well, uh, yeah, look at the wasteful spending of money that was. <sighs> you know, they get reduced school lunches. No. Yes, it's true. It's true. Mm -hmm. And I know for a fact that their church has helped them out of several financial difficulties. Well, but wait a minute. I just thought Bill got a new job and their financial troubles were over. I mean, I really do feel for them. Their marriage has been one trial after another. You know, <laughs> bad decisions <laughs> and a total lack of common sense, if you know what I mean. I mean, come on. Have you ever noticed something? They're always happy. I find that very suspicious, don't you? Well, Mom, I, I have to run to the grocery store, but I just wanted to see how you were doing. Do you need anything else before well, I Well, no, I don't. In fact, you know, I have it all under control. All Come right. on, I'll walk you to all the right, door. Thanks. Hey, is that a new outfit? It is. I just got it on sale. Oh, it's so, so cute. Such a great Are you deal. sure you could afford it? <laughs> James, chapter 4, verses 1 and 2. What causes quarrels and what causes fights among you? Is it not this, that your passions are at war within you? You desire and do not have, so you murder. You covet 
and cannot obtain. So you fight and quarrel. You do not have because you do not ask. Oh, Lord, I see right now, as always, you have picked out the perfect verses for me. You know my heart, Lord. And you know my good friend Mary just got back from Italy. And I want to call her and talk to her. And I, and I want to share her joy. So, Father, please help me to listen well. Help me to speak slowly. But most of Lord, let me rejoice with Mary. For you, Lord, are my one own, only joy. If my feet never touch Italian soil, you will still be my God, and I will love you. I just thank you for all you've done in my life, and I pray your will be done today. In Jesus' name, amen. Mary, oh, I was just getting ready to call you. Yep, I'm sitting down. I'm ready for you to tell me all about the trip to Italy. Every detail. I want to hear all the good stuff. I bet there wasn't any bad stuff, was there? No. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, what a gift. Your parents were able to send you an all-expense-paid trip, too. That is wonderful. Oh, I am so glad to hear that. What a gift for your family. Yes. Uh-huh. You went there? Oh, oh. Yes, and you ordered the dish we talked about. Was it as wonderful as we thought it would be? Oh, gosh, delicious. Ah, oh, fine. Yeah, your Bill is a wonderful husband. He did what? Oh, my gosh. A personal shopper to help you? All right, just tell me, is there in any Italian leather involved in this? Okay, yes. I just love the way it feels, don't you? Okay. I cannot wait. Now, invite me over, and I want to see everything you bought. Yes. Oh, this is such... Oh, I'm so glad you called. I am so glad. Yeah, okay. Oh, oh, gosh. Something, something in the kitchen. I've got to go. Listen, Mary, look at your calendar next week. Okay, bye-bye. Oh, Kate. Kate. Mrs. Brown, I'm so sorry. Oh. I was dusting in the kitchen, and I was standing on a stool, and the stool shifted, and, well, the plate just broke. I'm oh, so sorry. no, no, no. Now, first of all, Kate, I'm Beth. We've talked about this before. Mrs. Brown is my mother-in-law, and don't worry about this. You know, possessions are only here for now, and we can't take them with us, and you're much more important to me than this. So, come on. We'll clean it up together. Okay. Yeah. Nope. <gasps> oh, okay, Kate, I'll be with you in just a minute. Oh, How are you? Oh, I'm so good. I'm so good. Come good. in. Come on. Good Sit down. Good to see you. Yeah. So what's new? What's been going on? Well, guess who called me? Who? Mary. Mary? Yeah, she told me all about their trip to Italy. Mom, that trip should have been yours. You've been saving for that since I was six years old. 
and making us watch all those Italian movies. <laughs> oh, and then remember that paper that you made Sam and I write about which country we wanted to visit in Italy? Oh, my word. Oh, now, now. But that was fun. You learned a lot, didn't you? Oh, no, yeah. believe me, I am really happy for Mary. Well, I'm so glad. But After all the trials they've been through, I think they appreciated this vacation so much more. Yeah, it's, I'm, I'm just fine with it. I'm so happy for her. Still should have been you. Well. Have you talked to Sam lately? No, maybe about a week ago. He seemed happy, honey. I just don't know him anymore. I mean, he says he's a Christian, but then he's dating that <sighs> woman, and he spends more time with her than with his kids. I mean, did you hear that my friend Emily said that she saw him coming out of that woman's house about midnight Monday night? Oh, okay. All right, let's stop right there. Okay. Gossiping only leads to bitterness and anger in your heart. Rather than judging your brother, take it to the Lord in prayer. He is the only one that can heal broken hearts in these situations. But I just get so frustrated yes. and so mad for those kids. I mean, you're right, Mom. I could really learn from you. Would you be willing to pray with me right now? Oh, honey, I'd love to pray with you. Thanks. After all, our Lord is in control of everything. Good morning, everyone. Um, that's going to be hard to follow. <laughs> I had read that script, but I hadn't seen that played out. And wasn't that great? And visuals are so helpful, aren't they? Um, many themes uh, will come to in James, but they highlighted some of those, and they did that so well. And I was, I don't know about you, but I was sitting there thinking, yeah, I, oh, I've seen myself there. And I've seen myself here, and most of the time I'm right in between both of those scenes, <laughs> right? But the point is that God's Word does work in our hearts like nothing else can. So that's encouraging. Encouraging. Um, so maybe you heard this too, but this morning I heard that today is the National Day of Encouragement. Anyone else hear that? And I thought, who decides that? Like, who gets to decide that? And shouldn't, like, every day be a day of encouragement? So just seeing you here and knowing this is the day, this is the day the Lord has made, this is the day that we've been praying for and looking forward to and thinking about each one of you. So I'm encouraged just seeing you, and I, I hope to be an encouragement for you today. So welcome. Welcome to Habits of the Heart. Welcome uh, to our Bible study where we're going to be focusing on the letter of James. And whether uh, you have studied the Bible for several years or you have never studied the Bible before, you're in a good place. It, it really doesn't matter because we're going to open up God's Word and we're all going to learn together. And He's going to meet each one of us right where we're at. So welcome and know that um, this is a safe place and we're happy you're here. All right. Um, between those of us who will be gathering here on Wednesday mornings, and a group of ladies that will come back each Wednesday evening, a different group of women, um, our evening ladies. 
there are several communities represented. And I thought this morning, I thought, well, maybe it'd be kind of fun just to name a few of them. And this isn't all of them. But we have women coming from Fishers and Avon and Carmel and Bean Blossom and even Bloomington. Isn't that great? A community Bible study. We uh, range from the ages of 21 to 93, studying what we're studying together. And, isn't, and what else can do that but God's Word that can meet each one of you, whether you're 21 or 93, right, and, and teach you and, and change you from the power of His Word. So I wanted to just talk a couple of minutes about the importance of Bible study. Um, a, a few minutes ago, I was walking down the hallway back here, and I just want to go back and kind of pray for a few minutes alone, and I glanced out the window, and it was such a great sight. I saw one of you coming in that I know you've been part of a Bible study for several years. I know you have. And then I saw a young mom pushing a stroller coming in. I've never met you, and I don't know, I don't know where you've come from. But it's just such a beautiful thing to see all of you and to see us coming together, the importance of Bible study. So it is said that the Word of God is a community treasure. And it really is, isn't it? It's a community treasure as we learn from one another as we open up this treasure, God's Word. The psalmist wrote, I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. The author of the book of Hebrews, inspired by the Holy Spirit, wrote, For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and the intentions of the heart. The heart. And on the importance of studying the Bible, Charles Spurgeon once wrote, the scriptures claim searching. I like that. The, the scriptures claim searching. They are the writings of God bearing the divine stamp and imprint. The word of God will repay diligent study. Those are the old words written by Charles Spurgeon concerning the word of God. So that's what we'll be doing over the next several months, diligently studying God's Word together. Um, I don't know about you, but we are blessed in our home to have several Bibles. We really are, and just to have, and shouldn't take that for granted, although I do, but just to have the freedom to own a Bible and then to have several. But um, I don't know when this started in our, in our marriage, but we have an open Bible. I don't know why. I don't know why, but we like to have an open Bible in our, in our home. And it, it, um, it, it's one that we may pick up every once in a while and read, or it may just be one that we've not used in a few days, but it lays open. It's something about an open Word of God, letting it have its way in our home. Um, so, what else is there? And I know I have several. I can say, who else is there? Or what else is there uh, for us to turn to for the very answers to all of life's questions? And don't we always have lots of questions, whether whatever season of life we're in? So who else or what else do you turn to for your answers? Both in joys and in sorrows, in the ever-changing circumstances of life, Shouldn't we be, aren't we, driven to the immutable, unchanging Word of God? The only place to turn to. This little taped up 
this little taped up Bible. It looks like it's been taped and retaped. And it's yellowed pages, and there's a few lines underlined. I just picked this up on my way out of my house this morning because this was an old pocket Bible of my grandfather's, um, who was a farmer. So he just kept a little pocket Bible. And um, he lived to be the old age of 101, but he loved the Lord. And you know what? That's the same word that we'll open up for the next several months here and study and, and let it have its way with us and change us. But sometimes I pick that up and I think, I'd, I'd just like to imagine, you know, as a farmer and this being his pocket Bible, um, what was he dealing with in life that would cause him just to pull that out of his pocket every once in a while and, uh, and read. Well, just earlier this week, um, I was in a conversation with a young lady who is a Buddhist. Um, and I, and I really don't know a whole lot, but we have just gotten to know each other and uh, sh just casually. And she was sharing with me what she believed, and I was sharing with her uh, very lightly what I believe, and very gently and very respectfully. But one thing in particular that she said left me sad for her. She said this. She said, I struggle because we have 84,000 books for us to learn in order to know how to live our lives. And then she said, and there is no way I can do that in my lifetime. Ha! <sighs> so let me read for you this quote by John Wesley. He writes, I have thought I am a creature of a day, passing through life as an arrow through the air, I am a spirit come from God and returning to God, just hovering over the great gulf till a few moments hence I am no more seen. I drop into an unchangeable eternity. I want to know one thing, the way to heaven, how to land safe on that happy shore. God himself has condescended to teach the way. For this very end he came from heaven. He hath written it down in a book. Oh, give me that book, he writes. At any price, give me the book of God. I have it. Here is knowledge enough for me. Let me be a man of one book. Isn't that good? So, oh, may the preciousness of the Bible become the measure of our passion for its place in our hearts. We'll have the opportunity this year as we study the book of James to memorize a few of these rich scriptures, to hide them in our hearts. Um, and sometimes you think, oh, that's hard, but I think it, it, uh, we're going to do it together. I think it's going to be fun. And we will encourage one another to do that. Um, which reminds me, just last night as I was um, kind of going over this, I got a phone call from my granddaughter who was eager to call me to let me know that she knew a new Bible verse and she wanted to read it for me or tell me it. So she began to quote Proverbs 3, 5 through 6, right? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. So I said, oh, good job, Haven, good job. I said, that's Proverbs 3, 5, 6. No, she said, that's Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6. So I stand corrected. But we're going to memorize Scripture, and if we can uh, memorize the address, too, great. <laughs> but we'll hide God's Word in our heart. John Piper writes, The joy-producing effects 
of memorizing scripture and having it in my head and heart are incalculable. The world and its God-ignoring, all-embracing secularism is pervasive, he says. It invades my mind every day. What hope is there to have a mind filled with Christ except to have a mind filled with his word? I know of no alternative. John Piper. So the importance of God's word and hiding it in our hearts. So we've come to study the letter of James. And maybe we should just talk a little bit about where does the letter of James fit in the whole Bible storyline, right? The whole history of uh, God's plan of redemption from Genesis to Revelation. Where does this letter of James land? Um, because the scriptures tell one unified story of redemption through Christ. So at a real place, in a real time in history, a real man named James wrote a letter to a group of Jewish Christians who were suffering with poverty and persecution, and he wrote this letter to strongly encourage them to remain steadfast, to remain steadfast in their faith in Jesus. And I won't say any more about this man because next week uh, you'll hear more about James and who he was and who his audience was in the intent of his letter. And we'll learn a little bit more about that next week. But just as it was for his original audience, his strong encouragement is just as relevant, just as needed, and just important for you and I today. So let's just consider some of the themes that we're going to uh, learn about in these next several months in this letter of James. A key theme, one key theme of the book is the word wholehearted. It's a whole, holistic, a wholehearted devotion to Christ is a key theme. It's an undivided heart for Jesus and for his word. We'll learn much on faith and that true, living, saving faith is evident in our actions. That'll be a big theme. James reminds us that we're to be doers of the word and not hearers only. And our author calls this word the implanted word received in meekness, which is able to save our souls. Some of the major topics include remaining steadfast through a life of testing, trusting God for his wisdom, caring for the needy, not showing partiality, taming the tongue, guarding our speech, and being sustained by the world by living as a friend of God rather than the world. Sounds like an easy list, doesn't it? Got it. Check, right? <laughs> well, my friend called the letter of James a kick in the seat of the pants. And I think that's what you'll find to be true. One Bible commentary reads this concerning the letter of James. James is practical and full of vivid exhortations to godly living. The author presents profound counsel on numerous essentials, trials, poverty, riches, justice, speech, worldliness, and prayer. His clarity and prophetic urgency call readers to action, but his assessment of our failures is almost too penetrating 
as it exposes our inability to perform what he commands, driving us to the ever-present refuge of the gospel. So I'll say this, and we'll say it again and again and again, but let us not miss the most important theme found in the letter of James, the theme of grace. James says, mercy triumphs over judgment. And James says, God gives more grace. Therefore, it says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will exalt you. This is the gospel according to James. So the very humbling message, and the message of the gospel is humbling, isn't it? to recognize our human condition and our need. But the very humbling message of the gospel is woven throughout James' letter. And if we miss this the most important theme, we'll feel discouraged rather than encouraged. We'll feel hopeless rather than hopeful. Because you see, the good news is that God provides for that which he requires. God provides for what he requires. In his Son, in Jesus Christ, he has provided all that you and I need for life and godliness. So therefore, let me encourage you, come each week expectantly. Come expectantly, because many things will take place as we gather together here on Wednesday mornings. Many things will take place. Uh, we'll worship. We'll learn from one another. We'll fellowship. We'll encourage and we'll grow in relationship and trust with one another. But the greatest work that will be done is that which the Lord will do as he reveals himself to us through his word. As we open up together his living and active word, he'll, he'll reveal himself to us. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, he will be doing a work in each one of us that only he can do. That only he can do. He promises to meet you and me. He promised to meet all of us right where we're at, right where we're at. He promises that, and he'll do a deep work in our hearts uh, for his glory and for our good. So come, come expectantly. Well, each, near, uh, each year at Habits um, of the Heart, we dedicate our study. Um, and this year, we decided uh, to dedicate our study of James to all whose steadfast faith helped bring us out of darkness into the light of our glorious God and Savior, Jesus Christ. We remain grateful to those who extend a hand of mercy when in our weakness we are still prone to wonder. So may those who come behind us find us faithful. That's our dedication. You'll find that written in your study that you'll see later. So will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we are humbled by the opportunity and the privilege it is to come freely and come expectantly and come willingly to allow you to have your way with us, Lord. So I pray, Father, that you would do that which only you can do and meet each one of us right where we're at. In the following weeks and the months ahead, Lord God, as we meet here to, 
in this place, we uh, most want you to be exalted and magnified and that you would reveal yourself through the power of your word. Open our eyes, Father, that we might see you and open our minds and open our hearts to the scriptures. And we'll trust you, Father, in the weeks and the months ahead. We'll trust you to do that, which only you can do. I thank you for each lady here, Lord. Each name that we have seen on paper and that we've prayed for numerous times, I thank you, Father, because of your drawing of them that we are here. So we thank you for this place, for this time, and that we can study your word. And Father, we give you thanks and we give you praise, and we ask all this in the matchless name of Jesus, your son. Amen.